Namaste, everyone. We're just waiting now for Radhanath Swami to grace our festival. We are now at the last leg of the Being Yoga Festival. We've been live since 7 a.m. this morning. And our concluding speaker is Radhanath Swami, and I am beyond excited to have him here with us. Hare Krishna, can you hear me? Oh, Radhanath Swami, you're here. Yes, we can hear you, but we can't see you. <laughs> yes, Radhanath Swami, you're here with us. <laughs> yes, there we go. Jai Shri Krishna, <laughs> Swami, how are you? Jai Shri Krishna, I am so happy to be with you after a long time. Oh, I'm bringing tears of joy into my eyes to see you, Radhanath Swami. It's such an honor. It's such a pleasure. Um, but it's... it's um. It's not just us today, it's about a million other people, <laughs> which is even better because you can share your knowledge and share the love with them. They're joining in via various platforms uh, to listen in. We are at the tail end of the Being Yoga Festival. We have been live since 7 a.m. this morning, and you are our concluding speaker um, to um, motivate us, to inspire us, and to also motivate people to give. The purpose of this is to raise um, a little bit of money for those who need it the most, migrant workers who are getting daily wages. So we're giving, um, we're raising money for them um, via our Facebook Live campaign and by, via the website beingyogafestival.org. So even if it's just 100 rupees, we're encouraging everyone watching to give. Bharadhanath Swami, my first question to you um, is, why is it important to give? You know, sometimes we think that let the rich give, you know, or I would rather buy something for myself. But why should we give? What is the importance of this act? Here, I'm so grateful, so honored to be with you and everyone else who's here. The fundamental need of the heart, and the heart is the sitting place, real happiness is to love and be loved. And when we're disconnected from our hearts, then we become vulnerable to egoism and selfishness. And Bhagavad Gita describes that selfishness and greed is like a burning fire. The more you put fuel in a fire, the hungrier and hungrier it becomes. It's never satisfied. But that need that we're trying to satisfy is actually the need of the heart to love and to be loved. And love is very much about giving. When we awaken or connect to the love that is dormant within us, then it is expressed in this world in the form of compassion. And the whole idea of yoga is to make that connection with our own self, whatever our yoga practice. Bhakti yoga is very specifically trying to connect and awaken to the nature of the soul to love. And Giving is an expression of that love, and therefore the fullest and richest experience of happiness is in 
how we try to make others happy in that spirit of compassion. Individually and collectively, the world is now being put in a very, very um, unprecedented predicament. But in this condition, we can reevaluate what is our real intention and purpose of what we consider sacred and valuable in life. And to readjust ourselves in such a way that we're moving forward toward what really is meaningful and what really is purposeful. In California, there's a sport called surfing. In India, there's cricket. <laughs> now, in either of these sports, we have to be focused on what the purpose is. The purpose is either to win or to score a point, or in surfing, it's to somehow or other reach the shore. And in the process, there are many things that we cannot control. We cannot control the wave of the ocean, but we have to adjust ourselves in such a way that we're moving forward. And similarly, in a sports, we don't necessarily know from moment to moment what's going to happen or who's going to do what, but we're focused on what our purpose is, and therefore we adjust. And life is so much like that. We, we need to define what is really our purpose in our relationships with our family, in, in our very goal of life. And the Bhagavad Gita and other holy scriptures are teaching us that the real goal of life is to awaken the true potential of the heart, our own real self. And yoga is to make that connection when we, when we harmonize our body, our minds, with our hearts and with our souls. Then naturally, we harmonize with God, we harmonize with Mother Nature, and we harmonize with all living beings. And if, if this is our object, our intention, our purpose in life, then we adjust ourselves for that purpose. And in order to reach that goal, in order to even progress toward that goal, compassion, seva or serving, giving is important. In fact, it's essential. The Sanskrit word seva doesn't just mean to serve. It means to truly serve with compassion serve with love. And whether one gives a lot or a little is not what is important. What is important is, in, is our intention. If we have much, then naturally we will want to do the best we possibly can. And if we have a very little, dang. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a story in the 10th canto. There was a Brahmin named Shrutadev who invited Krishna to his home. And all he had to give him was a straw mat to sit on. And he went out and begged for a little bit of chipped rice to give him. And at the same time, a king named Bahulaswa offered 
Krishna a beautiful throne and a palace and the most incredible entertainers and the most wonderful feast. But for Krishna, they were the same because they were both offering the best they could. And of course, Ahambija Pradapita, everyone is God's child. When we understand that I'm a child of God, then we naturally recognize everyone is a child of God. And our greatest aspiration in life is Sarve Sukhano Bhavantu, to help others to become happy. Thank you, Radhanath Swami. That was beautiful. Um, and on that, segueing into our next question, a lofty one. Um, if Krishna were here today with us, and he is here with us today in, in spirit, what would he be telling us? You know, in these unprecedented times of pandemic, you know, the entire world is locked down. Um, Radhanath Swami is joining us from Chicago, where it's very early in the morning, and we're very grateful for him, um, to him for doing that. Um, here in India, um, as you know, the lockdown has been further extended. So it's really a, a unique time um, in so many, you know, the history of this world, maybe. But what would what would Krishna be telling us right now? What were the two or three things that he would tell us to do? <laughs> <laughs> I believe he would tell us what he's always told us. <laughs> <laughs> That we are all seeking peace, we're all seeking happiness, and ultimately we're all seeking love. And to understand that this body is a temporary place that's always changing. And this mind is a temporary situation that changes even faster. But the witness is the atma or the soul. That's the true self. We're seeing through our eyes and hearing through our ears and thinking through our brain. To know myself, unless we do that, we can't really understand who is is our loved ones. When we see that this material world and all living beings are God's property, Krishna's property, and we see that I'm not the controller, I'm a caretaker, and we learn to live in harmony with ourselves, with other beings, and with nature. And in this pandemic, um, there's a lot of suffering. And in, in suffering, there's an opportunity to reevaluate what is really sacred in our life. There's also an opportunity to serve, an opportunity to make a difference. Throughout spiritual history, Times of great crisis have also opened doors to great transformation and enlightenment. When we see people suffering, we should learn to feel for people who are suffering, and we should 
do everything within our capacity to help. Ultimately, Krishna teaches us that we're not this body, that we're eternal soul, but the body is a sacred gift that is given to us to express the nature of the soul and also to discover the nature of the soul. So to take care and to nourish and to protect body and our mind in harmony with our soul is a holistic and complete life. And this is actually achieved when we extend that same principle to helping the body, the mind, and the souls of other people. That's, um, that's beautifully said, Radhanath Swami. Um, I'm just taking from there, you know, um, there is bound to be disappointment in coming days. You know, um, we are going through a very, very substantial time of change. Um, businesses are going to collapse. Um, stock markets are going to crash. Once we come out of lockdown, things are going to be a little bit different, you know. Um, is there a way uh, that we can start preparing ourselves for this? Should we be doing something? Should we be thinking something? How do we prepare ourselves, our families, our communities for the world, our, our own minds more than anything else, for this world post-lockdown? Um, or is even by preparing, is this a very pessimistic point of view? Um, you know, maybe we shouldn't be indulging in this at all. Um, so what are your, um, what are your thoughts toward, towards this? When we build a house, building, we prepare by first building a very strong foundation. And life is like that. If a foundation is strong, then when inevitable storms come, it will hold. If a foundation is built on shifting sands, then when a storm comes, it will collapse. So our values, our character, our integrity, and our very purpose of life is what we want to build upon. In order to maintain our character, in order to maintain peace, happiness, we need a strong foundation in our life. And that is internal. We cannot see the foundation of a beautiful home, but it's supporting everything. So similarly, people in the world today are very eager to make their bodies very, very beautiful, very healthy, and academically trying to develop higher and higher intelligence, whether it's science or technology or academics. But what we're oftentimes overlooking is the very foundation of our life, which is our internal peace, our internal connection to our soul and to Bhagavan, to God. And 
it, it's very important that we take time to eat every day because it nourishes our body. We take time to sleep. We also need to take some time to nourish the needs of our that journey within. And that prayer, chanting God's names, the whole idea of yoga or spirituality is to strengthen, build that inner foundation within us. And when our foundation is strong, when we're actually spiritually connected and every one of us, whoever we are in whatever situation, that spiritual identity is there, just needs to be nourished and connected. Then whatever happens in the world, we adjust ourselves so that we could grow and that we could help others grow. That's um, that's beautiful, Radhanath Swami. And while I want to ask you, I have so much more to ask you. We're now opening up for audience questions. Um, we have a lot of questions coming in, but we're just going to take 10 minutes um, as promised. And the best questions that we are curating are all getting copies of The Journey Home uh, and also of The Journey Within. Radhanath Swami's two amazing, amazing books that I encourage everyone to read. Um, this is a great time to actually spend some time reading. You know, we're all at home. So even if we make a goal of reading one book during the rest of this pandemic, um, this is the book that you should be reading, The Journey Home and, um, and slash or The Journey Within. So just again, the best questions are going to be getting copies of this book. So we have a lot of questions coming in. <laughs> and the first one is from Dhruv. How do we overcome anxiety and temptation during this time of crisis? <laughs> Again, by Arundrisvani Vartate, by cultivating a higher inner experience. When, when we actually reconnect internally through our meditation, through our prayers, through our kirtan, then we find an inner satisfaction. And that inner satisfaction, God's grace, it gives us the strength to overcome temptation. Um, integrity is to do what we understand and know is sacred in our life. And whether there's fear, or whether there's temptation, we know what we're supposed to do. And like a GPS on cars or a compass, we understand what is our direction and we strive to go in that direction. In the Bhagavad Gita, there's a verse, Vyavashayatma here. Unless we have a purpose and we have a resolution of what is our purpose, then we're easily distracted by everything and anything. So if we have the association of like-minded people, 
who have morality, who have ethics, who have a spiritual direction in our life, then that association, satsang, will nourish us. And then to have our own personal practice that will nourish us, it will strengthen us. And then we have to apply it. Because however much strength we have, unless we apply it in our daily lives, then it has very little value. So by good company, by good spiritual practice, and by living with good character, we become stronger. And then we're not distracted by the unpredictable and inevitable causes of temptation, anger, egoism, and fear. And the more we have, the more we could give. The more we have compassion, the more we could really give according to our capacity to help others. And this is another associated question. Um, it's similar, but but it's it's still, I think, quite a quite a nice one. Um, how do you know, Greta is asking this question, um, how do you know when you're making, when you're not sure that you're making the right decision? When times are very uncertain and there's a right decision and a wrong decision, how do you know which one is right and which one is wrong? Um, how do you gauge that inner compass which can become completely out of tune, especially when the world is in a disarray? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greta. Very good question. Um, just we were given an analogy of GPS. I think everyone knows what yeah. that is. Well, um, it, it's the physical it, GPS or internal GPS. <laughs> we we in an external GPS we type in what we want our destination to be, and then whatever. However many times we're distracted and go the wrong way, we know where to go back. So in the same way, we, we need to cultivate. And this is where, as I was saying before, when we have good association, good company called satsang in Sanskrit, when we reconnect with our own inner values and develop inner peace, and compassion through our spiritual practice, then we have focus, we have clarity. And then when actually these choices are to be made, um, we're prepared. In certain ways, um, in a sporting event, it's not that a person just goes into the field and plays. A good athlete or a good team, they practice and they practice and practice so that they're prepared for that game. Similarly, in academics, it's not that you just go to your final exam. You have to go to your classes and prepare and read the proper books. And then when we go to the exam, we're prepared. So in the same way, when it comes to making decisions, and decision-making is one of the most difficult things in this world because inevitably we're put in, in very, very, almost inconceivably yeah. confusing situations. 
Um, it happens to everyone sooner or later, whether we're a mother or a father or a, or a politician or we're in business or in more agriculture, we have to make decisions. And our future is based on the decisions we make. So it's important that we prepare ourselves in such a way that we that we have the clarity of thought and we have the clarity of intentions to make a decision that helps us to grow. Um, we have a lot of questions coming in, but we have just time for maybe two more maximum. Um, Cecilia is asking, how do I learn to control my emotions and become a stronger and more positive person? Similar. Prepare ourselves through our spiritual practice and our satsang. And at the same time, um, every, every time we make the right choice in times of crisis or difficulty, we become stronger. And every time we make the wrong choice, we become weaker. So we have to learn from our mistakes and we have to learn to grow in whatever situation. And as far as emotions, controlling emotions, it's very important that there's a higher principle in our life that we can take shelter of. Um, and our final question, um, Radhanath Swami, and I think this is a, quite a good one, a pertinent one. In this difficult period, how do we keep our young children motivated and help them see the silver lining in the dark cloud? Um, especially for kids, this is a difficult time. They're not going to school. They're not even able to go outdoors, many of them. And um, many of them don't necessarily understand uh, you know, um, spiritual truths as easily as adults. So how do we how do we do that? That's a very good question from um, from Prachi. By being a good example in our own lives is what is going to help the child to grow. When a, when a child sees the example of the parents. You know, what are the values, how they're dealing with situations, then the child imbibes that. So as a parent, we really need to keep children busy as much as possible. So we should use our God-given intelligence and creativity to somehow or other um, find um, very positive, nourishing, enlightening ways to keep our children busy and to be a good example in the way we're responding to very difficult situations so our children can Thank you, and of course, Swamiji, for joining us. Okay. We can pray. We can pray. We can pray. And I think that is a beautiful note to end this entire festival with.
and we can pray. You know, um, if we can't give, we can pray. And that in itself is a beautiful gift that we can give for all of us to pray together, for all of us to pray for the planet, for our communities, for each other, and for ourselves. Pradhanath Swami, virtual charms first to you over the internet. <laughs> Till we meet in person, much, much love. It was an honor, a blessing for all of us to have you join us from Chicago early in the morning. Um, thank you for giving us the gift of your time. Um, it is the most precious gift of them all. And you have inspired so many people. We have so many questions coming in, but we will give um, several of them copies of your book, um, not just the ones who've answered questions, but I really encourage everyone to read The Journey Home and The Journey Within. If, if this will be, um, this will really help you tie through the time. They're beautiful, simple lessons um, and simple stories, which are perfectly relatable. So thank you again, Alanat Swami, for joining us. And we will see you again very soon, <laughs> virtually as well as in real reality. Thank you. Jai Shri Krishna. Jai Krishna. And that was a beautiful message by Radhanath Swami. And I really encourage everyone to read his book. Um, and this marks the end of the festival. Um, it's been an honor to have all of you with us and a real blessing. We've been getting messages through the day. Um, a big, big thank you to our entire team who has worked so, so hard to put this together. Um, it's, it's a blessing um, for all of us to be able to do this. Um, thank you so much for your support, for signing in. Thank you 